Well, welcome to Open Outcry, where as we roll from the close of the US trade and into the new trading session, we take the pulse of the financial markets, assessing the key themes, views and flows, movers and shakers to help traders and investors efficiently navigate markets and risk. Open Outcry is, of course, an antiquated relic of the financial system, and it's fitting, therefore, to have two dinosaurs of the trading world as your host, Mr. Scott Redford, Pepperstone's head of product and senior member of the Flowdesk, and myself, Chris Weston, head of research here at Pepperstone. Anyway, big week. Let's get to it, Mr. Redford. Um, I've just come back from Singapore, um, feeling pretty refreshed, oh, feeling uh, feeling good. Good to go and see some You sound clients. good. Do I? Okay, that's good. Yeah, excellent. Well, I, my, my microphone needs to, to be upgraded similar to yours. You sound crystal clear. You're sounding good. Um, my head... On the other hand, is feeling very clear, so that's great. And uh, great. seeing the world in a, in a more refreshed eyes as we go into what is arguably a massive week um, of central bank fest. In fact, I've been in the markets 22 years, Scott, and I know you think that's quite an odd thing to say because I look so youthful and and radiant. It's um, hard to believe, mate. It's it hard is to hard believe. to believe, but yeah, mate, I haven't. I can't remember a week like this. You know, I think we've got uh, six different G10 central banks. Uh, meeting, and we've got other ones like the the Mexican South uh, and the South African Central Bank, amongst many others as well. So it is a central bank plethora. It is a fest of central bankers. It's um, an absolute bonanza, isn't it? It's, it's almost bonanza. like the Olympics. <laughs> the, the Olympics of the central bank world. They're all getting together in one week. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they're not competing, but maybe they are competing. In this word scenario. basis point is going to be something that we're going to be using liberal or BIPs, as, uh, as some people say. I don't like that word myself. Um, okay, let's let's talk about the world. Uh, you can't really go past the Queen's funeral last night. Um, I watched a little bit. Um, I wish I was in the UK. I would have definitely stayed in the uh, in the queue, uh, capital T, capital Q, but I would have definitely represented uh, you know, a very sad day seeing the Queen um, passing, although obviously uh, great innings and um, 50, I think 50, uh, 5.1 billion people tuned in to watch the funeral last night. 63% of the world's population um, uh, tuning in, which are arguably the, the biggest event ever uh, streamed uh, on, on TV. So, yeah, yeah good, to see, good, good to see and uh, good to see people representing and, and yeah, firmly behind uh, the for King Charles now. You're just sort of hoping someone doesn't stuff up really, aren't you? Like those poor lads that have the pressure of carrying the casket or doing those crucial little bits and pieces among the ceremony. Just don't mess it up, mate. Don't mess it up. You know, you'd hate to see it. Oh. And the other thing I was thinking was that procession. It's a long time. It's a long walk, isn't it? It and, is a long walk. Uh, Uncomfy shoes, old legs, long time without a. Without You'd be a chalking the hands, wouldn't you, with the casket? You don't want to get sweaty palms with the old <laughs> when you're holding yeah, exactly. on. Getting getting the old yeah. uh, weightlifting chalk going out in the hands. Keep it keep it nice and firm and good good, good grip coming through. In terms of sport, though, you know, uh, so firmly behind uh, King Charles, he's going to have a great reign. I have no doubt whatsoever. But this is a big weekend of sport again, uh, Scotty. We've got what we've got. We've got the grand final. I'm going for Geelong over uh, over Sydney. I don't think that uh, I'm going out on a limb there. They've won the last 15 games. Uh, I think Sydney in their last four games at the G have, have, have been within a margin of about 15 points or so. So Geelong should get this one. They're big favourites. You'd be, you'd be in the contrarian on this trade. Oh, it's it's no, it's it's hard to be, isn't it? It's hard to be contrary. I, w- I went to um, the game on Friday night there, and I was with a Brisbane Lions fan, so we didn't last much longer than half time. Um, so yeah, it's hard to go past that. But there's a bit of romanticism with old buddy up there, isn't there? Winning, winning one more. Yeah, that's right. We've got course on the rugby. We've got a rerun of the of the big one. It's going to be fired up, as you imagine. Nick White giving it a lot of abuse from uh, from from scrum half position. But the Kiwis have, uh, have got a sixteen point um, deficit to make up in terms of points. They're big favourites there in South Africa. A similar margin there as well. 
Uh, yeah, these, things are, these things are hard to predict. I know they're playing in, in New Zealand, so you, the, the bookies are right on the money there. But, uh, you know, these these, these um, Tri-Nations games have uh, um, have been, yeah, there's been a few upsets, isn't there? So a bit of value there, maybe? Yeah, I mean, oh, it's, yeah, it's very juicy, mate. After the game we saw last week, yeah. and let's not delve too much into that because it's been... You wouldn't want to be a death. referee for the game, would you? <laughs> Oh my god! I mean, you just you wish they'd get to a point where they just own up and just say, "Look, we made a mistake. You know, we took the piss out of the ref one too many times, and you finally called us out on it. We move on. You know what I mean? I'm but, with the ref here. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, kick but, it into touch, get rid of it. The players will fight him, whatever. Yeah. Uh, exactly moving on, right. we've got the uh, the biggie though, the big one of all: Arsenal versus Tottenham. I'm going for Arsenal after watching them demolish Brentford on the weekend um, or, or recently. I mean, I think uh, we're top of the league. Something I've never thought we'd say, especially now, but uh, whether we can sustain that. Big game against how the so how, how old was that fellow that came on? I mean, 15. He was, he was born a lot, you know, a long time after you started working in the markets, that's for sure. That's right. We're 15 years old. Imagine earning that sort of money and been taken away from school at 15 years old. Um, yeah. Nice. The guy's got a, a bright future ahead of him, I'm sure. But uh, can he handle the pressure? Can he handle the pressure? That's going to be an interesting one there. So uh, yeah, Arsenal right rightful favourites amongst uh, amongst that. So it's a big weekend uh, of of sports, and it's a big weekend on the market, a big week on the markets as well, Scott. So a fitting two way trade off. Plenty for everyone to see there. Yeah, something for everyone. And let's go around the ground, see what we saw last night, start of the week. Um, US markets staged a rebound in, in the cash session um, after a weaker start. Major indices finished up over half a percent. Um, European markets were similar, of course, recovering from a weak start in the Asian future session. Euro stocks finished flat in the end, DAX up about half a percent. FTSE was closed, of course, for the day of morning. Um, Asian markets did close lower. Nikkei and Hang Seng both down over a percent. So we'll be looking for a higher open this morning in light of the overnight action that we saw. Digging into the sectors, it was materials on top, paper, mining, uh, consumer discretionary is not far behind, um, and healthcare um, down the other end of the table did remain in the red. Uh, FX markets were similar in that most early moves were reversed, uh, the US dollar sliding as equities bounced. Uh, looking at commodities, gold finished slightly stronger, WTI up about half percent, net gas remains in focus. US gas up about one and a half percent. Much like the office, though, I know you prefer the original UK version, and the UK version of net gas was down close to three percent. Um, <laughs> so interesting moves. <laughs> um, rates and bonds made over to you. What do you think? UK office is is definitely better. This there's, there's there's no there's no debating that. Yeah, I, sh- I haven't <laughs> given the US one a good go. I feel like I need to, but yeah, it's just it hasn't it hasn't grabbed me yet. I should give it a good good go there from the start. There you go. Two year yields up at uh, three ninety three at the moment, up seven basis points. It's obviously something we're going to be watching very very close this week with the Fed in in play. Uh, are they going to be raising seventy five? Could we possibly see a hundred? I don't think seventy five is going to be the one we were looking at there. We talk about rates in a second. Ten year Treasuries up four at. Uh, 3.49%. We did just break the 350 level last night. Um, and that's something that we that we are watching very closely because uh, you know these trading at the highest levels for some time. And you know, if that can if they can march above 350, then I think yeah, it's going to squeeze a little bit higher, a little bit over oversold in terms of yields at the moment. 
Um, but uh, you know, we're watching certainly you know, the, the two and five year treasury very, very closely. You know, if we can get a push above four percent on on the two years, I, I have no doubt that the US dollar is going to find a new leg up, and we're going to see dollar yen, uh, you know, staging a move back into the sort of one forty five region. It's something we're watching very closely there. Mm. Um, in terms of rate expectations, we're talking about the central banks this week, but just to set you set set the scene, um, this Thursday at four a.m. we've got the banker, we've got the Federal Reserve. The market's pricing in eighty basis points, Scott. So that's five basis points on top um, so there's a, a, a you know sort of like a, a small chance that we're going to get 100 basis points the market's sort of got a default position of 75 there um, we can talk about that in a second uh, Australia uh, the next central bank meetings on the 4th of October the market's pricing 44 basis points so leaning to another 50 basis point hike certainly a number of uh, big banks commercial banks uh, such as Westpac uh, coming out and, and calling for 50 so 50 is probably the likely scenario for the October meeting there uh, we've got a Bank of England meeting this week as we know again we've got uh, about 65 basis points there being priced in so you know somewhere in between I think that's going to make a, a very lively meeting there indeed we could see some big volatility in the pound so pound traders we'll talk about that in a second keep an eye on those exposures uh, the next central bank meeting in Europe is on the 27th of October so we're pricing in 68 basis points there uh, probably one that's going to go a little bit under the radar. It's a bit niche. It's a bit sort of a fancy, fancy pants called a central bank meeting. And that is going to be the oh. Swiss National Bank coming out this uh. week. And the market is sort of toying with the idea, will they raise 75 or will they raise the big one? 100. 100. Um, that was a bit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's a big one there. And the Bank of Japan, um, obviously not expected to do anything with policy, but they could tweak some of their wording. And that, again, comes out on Thursday. Interesting one with the Bank of Japan, though, Scott. How mm-hmm. on earth do these days, I mean, we've been talking about it for years, but how does a central bank not have a set time when policy and markets are so intertwined? Um, I, I still I still kind of, for the for life of me, I'm going to use the word fathom. Um, it's a good mm, word, word yeah, of the good day, word, good word. but I can't yeah. understand how uh, you know, a central bank can not have a set time so that market participants can adequately price risk and react at that time. Um, That's amazing, so- isn't it? And uh, yeah, the risk of playing into stereotypes, Japan isn't the one you'd expect to have no time, you know, but, but you know, when you're over there in the trains, yeah, you're watching it. Yeah, clockwork. Yeah, yeah, so it is strange, and it's a tough one. I remember the old days on the trading floor, it would be Bank of Japan Day and you'd be – wary of even taking a bathroom break because you knew as soon as you did it would come out and yeah yeah that's right is that what BRB is BRB bathroom break it was be right back be right back back but it's like you know John cover me cover me yeah got your yen exposure sorted out yeah absolutely um, but yeah, as it was soon just, as you walk off for a cup of tea, it's guaranteed to come out and all hell broken loose. And you get it's usually between. It's yeah. usually there was always a big thing, there wasn't it? Any, any, any. Like the bigger the announcement, the bigger the announcement, the um, the late it would be in the day, which kept you on That's your right. toes, kept you on your toes. But usually, sort yeah. of between one and uh, three. Is that kind of that golden window, so to speak, of when they could come out? And everyone's really nervous about what's going to happen. But at the moment, I think Bank of Japan's really more about uh, whether they, you know, any kind of rhetoric around intervening in the currency market seems to be the bigger issue at the moment. But uh, yeah, mm. big week ahead. Um, and maybe we can touch on that in, in some of the factors that are moving the market at the moment. Yeah. So some of the things I want to ask you about today. First one is that um, sort of rebound that we saw. Overnight in um, US equities, it was a weaker start mm. in our session. But then, over, you know, you, you sort of look at the uh, numbers and you go, oh, "Not much has happened." But it was um, a bit of uh, whipsaw, seesaw action overnight. Anything behind that? 
Not really, to be honest. I think this is one of those things we just got to keep an open mind. And if you're trading, if you're day trading, just be aware that, that we can have these kind of crazy moves. We saw a two percent move in S and P futures, uh, just going into sort of the meat of European Asian uh, European uh, trading sessions, um, and then really sort of sort of. We, we saw a risk reversal and then the buyers really stepping back in, in, in as soon as the cash markets opened in, in the S&P. And yeah, well, ultimately, if you have a look at something like Apple, uh, look at the price action we saw in Apple uh, today. I and mean, we're sort of trading really on the open down into sort of, well, sort of 149 and a half. And then it was just this really beautiful bleed, uh, really gr- beautiful grind up into 154 and the close up two and a half percent. So I think Apple has been a right to the heart of that. Tesla looks really good at the moment. Yeah, that, that's had some some good gains. But yeah, it's broadly mm. yeah, material stocks that have pushed up. We did see a, a slight decline um, you know, from highs in, in, in real rates. So real rates, while they were sharply higher on the day, did come off a little bit of their highs. And um, you know, I think that that's helped. Um, but generally speaking, mate, you've got, you've got this is a week where you've got dealers uh, negative gamma. So if markets are going up, you, you do see them covering some of those short positions they've got, which which has been the delta hedges on, on futures positions. Um, but we are coming obviously into the Fed meeting, and, and and therefore you know you do get these irregular moves that happen. Just a lot of positioning, pre-positioning, a lot of portfolio flows, a lot of hedging activity, and therefore sometimes it just doesn't make all sense. And and really, it just comes back to our friend. The flow show, uh, and I think that's kind of what we're looking mm-hmm. at there. So everyone's trying to put, you know, a headline and a narrative behind the moves, and I, I don't think it always has to happen, especially when you've got, as we talk about, five central bank meetings here. But yeah, lovely, lovely rally that we saw in in, in S and P from um, from the cash market open, and you know, I think you can you can say Apple's behind it. I know materials have, have, have largely been behind that. So yeah, I think it's an interesting. What, what, what are you? What are your, your thoughts? Are you, are you on the flow show uh, situation? Have you seen anything from client behaviour which which probably indicates about what's what people are thinking there as well? Yeah, no, I tend to agree with you. Um, it, 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 it does feel like the jostling at the start line of a marathon, doesn't it, where everyone's trying to get in the right spot. For, Do you know about that, Dave? Um, <laughs> you seen it on TV? <laughs> have you seen it? Yeah, 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 I have, mate. I've got, yeah, I have seen it on TV. Thanks. Mate, oh, are you suggesting I couldn't do a mar- marathon? Is that what I've you're got saying? Myself, I put myself in for the uh, the Melbourne half marathon coming up in uh, in a couple of weeks. So. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be jostling from the front. I'm probably going to be wrestling around prams and, and people at the back of the queue, to be honest. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, the guys in penguin costumes. Yeah, they're going to be running past me. It's going to be like some guy in a Roman centurion outfit with flip-flops running past me at some stage. But uh, <laughs> We shall see. Anyway, I get your point. Um, anyway, let's go to our next point. You, we've touched on it a couple of times. I've seen, I saw a step before, 16 central bank rate decisions within a 24-hour period um, this week, including five. Is it 13? Well, I, it, I might yeah. be going even deeper down the list, but anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll double-check that, yeah. um, including five G10 central banks, importantly. Yeah. Um, well, you mentioned a couple earlier, but anything else to add on that? Any key ones to, to watch out for, aside from um, the obvious, FOMC? Yeah, I think um, well, FMC is obviously going to be the one that that, that moves multi assets, moves multi markets, um, mm. and is getting the lion's share of the headlines. There's no doubt about that situation, which we can talk about that in in isolation in a moment. Um, the Bank of England could be a, a big one. Again, we can we can talk about that in a second in isolation because I think that's the the next big one. But the one I said talk about there going under the radar is what happens with the Swiss National Bank. Um, you know, they're expected to raise rates by seventy five basis points. Um, but there are a few brave souls who are calling 100. Uh, the market mm. at the moment is pricing 86 basis points. So it's kind of split, more veering towards 100. This is a really interesting one, isn't it? Because you know, if we get 75 basis points, um, 
and 86 is priced in. You know, this is going to be one that the retail traders are sitting there going, well, we've seen some selling in the Swiss Swiss franc, but yet they've just mm. raised by this whopping 75 basis points. So for me, this week is a, is an exercise in understanding not just positioning, but rate expectations and what's being priced into to swaps and rates, rates markets. So yeah, to, to a lot of retail traders who just simply don't look at rates markets, you know, you get this massive rate hike of 75 basis points and the currency sells off and they're saying, what on earth just happened there? And, and again, you know, so the thing with the Swiss National Bank is, as I say, 86 basis points being priced in. The market is veering towards 100 basis points to try and bring them in line with the bank, uh, with the ECB and try and close that policy gap. They want, they want to, you know, to try and create a situation where the, the, the Euro-Swiss rate, you know, moves up a little bit higher. They're worried about the strength they've seen in the Swiss franc. And so I think they need to play catch up there. So yeah, you, 75 is the default position, but it really would be, it wouldn't surprise if they went 100 basis points to, to catch up. And then that might mitigate the need for having a, an inter-meeting hike, which some people have speculated. Again, we've got uh, one week uh, dollar Swiss vols, um, implied vols sitting at the 80th percentile of the 12-month range. So people are expecting movement in the Swiss rank. That's an interesting one. Uh, we've got the Riksbank today in Sweden. Um mm-hmm. Um, again, they're expected to raise by by seventy five basis points. There is no real pricing that I can see that in Sweden. So you know, just go go along with the economists' uh, estimates there. Um, and then we've got the Norges Bank coming out at six pm Eastern Standard Time on Thursday. One for your knocky exposures there. Probably won't going to see so much volatility, given that the consensus is for a fifty basis point hike, and the the market is. Uh, pricing at exactly 50 basis points. So, yeah, if we get 50 mm. basis points, then it's more going to be about what's what they're saying in terms of the outlook and relative to what's priced in the curve. So, of those ones that I've just talked about there, Scott, anything that that, that stands out in terms of extreme positioning from clients? What are, what do you think clients are, are most interested of those uh, central bank there? Well, I mean, it's it's the obvious ones. I mean, our clients at the moment, we are they are back to being short dollar, short US dollar. And, and long sterling. Um, but also in terms of the other ones you mentioned, the Swiss franc, our clients are notably short at the moment. Um, but yeah, it's a great it's a great thing you mentioned and important for people to remember is that it's about what's priced in, what markets are looking for and what, what the expectations are. Yep. Key point, yeah. Um, all right, mate, so let's move on to FOMC. Mm. Um, what's the call? What are you thinking? Are we sort of is it, are we are we sort of in the calm before storm before the storm until then? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, there's there's a number of points to take out. The first one that everyone wants answered straight away is: Do we get a fifty basis point hike, seventy five or a hundred basis point hike? I think for me, um, and I'm interested to know if you've got any kind of counter thoughts to this because you know is it, it's, it's there are quite an. Ex- an extremity of different views out there, probably not to the same tune as the Bank of England meeting, um, which is why implied vols in, in sterling are so high. Um, but I think that the default position at the moment is, is 75 basis points. You know, most economists are calling for 75. Um, I think recent CPI number and, and core being at 6.3% probably for me rules out a 50 basis point hike. Um, yeah, we saw an article from the Wall Street Journal last night, fairly balanced, to be honest. They had every opportunity um, uh, to, to come out. Yeah, we've got uh, Nick Temeraeus, who's kind of like the Fed whisperer, effectively. Um, and because we're in a blackout period, um, 
you know, they, they, if Jerome Powell needed to set the market expectations, he would have used this this stage, and he didn't. You know, he came out with an article; it was quite well balanced, and he didn't effectively open the door to a, to a hundred basis point hike. So I think most people now, like, you know, we can't rule out a hundred because it would be a mm. defiant statement that they really mean business, and I think it actually would would do their credibility of inflation fighting the world of good. Um, but I think 75 is the, the go there. And given that we've got 80 basis points priced in, you could almost argue that, you know, that if you just take that in isolation, there could be some small downside in, in, in the US dollar. Uh, we've got the dot plot projection. Of course, this is the uh, various Fed members giving their individual view and where the Fed funds are going to be uh, over the next few years or so. Uh, my own view is that they'll they'll take the the expect the, the median expectations for the dot. Uh, for for this year from 3.38%, if we want to be exact, uh, to around Mm -hmm. 3.94%. And then for next year, they'll take it up from uh, effectively 3.8% to 4.1%. Uh, that's just going to be slightly under market pricing. So again, you know, you've probably got some small downside risk to that. Uh, we know that Jerome Powell is going to be stepping up at half past four to, to do a press conference. He is going to be grilled. Grilled he will be uh, mm. on this idea about sticky inflation, core inflation, which is persistently high. Uh, and, and you know his confidence of being able to bring down inflation effectively and still engineer a soft uh, landing, I think that that confidence will be eroded. Um, we're going to get expectations or forecasts on on inflation. We're probably going to see those uh, being taken up a little bit higher. Um, forecasts for GDP for this year are going to be chopped in half. Uh, you know, we probably I think we're running around one point seven percent. Uh, for forecast for GDP for, for both 2022, 2023. So yeah, for this year, you'd imagine they're probably going to be something about 80 basis points. So yeah, really, really taken off hard. And what's their view on unemployment? You know, they, they actually welcome a slightly softer labour market. Are we going to see their unemployment forecast being revised slightly higher? We'll have to see. But yeah, I think, uh, I think that dot plot could get quite a lot of significant looks. So I think for me, look, the, the balance of risk, if you to put a, a Redford metaphorical gun to the to the old Swede, um, I would say that there probably is some modest downside risks to the dollar based on where you know, where we expect the docs to come out relative to market pricing. And also the fact is market pricing yeah, just over eight, uh, you know, 75. If we get 75, it should it should weigh a little bit. But obviously, the tone of the statement is going to be pretty up, uh, pretty hawkish, to be honest. So it's not an easy one. These things never are, are they, Scott? So, uh, you know, it, are, are you, you know, are we seeing a lot of activity around this, people positioning around the Fed meeting? And, and you talked about the, you know, sort of the net positioning, but is that really a dollar play? You talked about Sterling Long's playing through. Is that more, uh, you know, a cable play, people looking at the dollar and positioning into the Fed? Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's hard to know, isn't it? Because it's definitely a combination. But you're so you're saying that. I mean, briefly last week it felt like we were talking between seventy five and hundred. You're Correct, saying it's yeah. more a toss up between fifty and seventy five. No, I'm saying it's still a toss up between seventy five and hundred. I don't. I yeah, think we're okay. not going to see a fifty. I just. No. I mean, no. you can you could argue you can make an argument why we would see fifty, but it would be a surprise. So I think seventy five is the default position. Um, they had every opportunity to go in that Nick Tamaras article and, and push more towards 100. Didn't see it, um, even yeah. though you know they've they've come through that. So I think 75 is the call. Um, if uh, if we don't see 75 in the next episode, I would do this without my shirt on. <laughs> Not that anyone can see it. <laughs> You're supposed to say something that you don't normally do. You know when you say something like that. But. 
There we go. With, yeah, so and so Bank of England is where we're saying fifty or seventy-five, isn't it? That's the question there. That's Correct. The yeah, question. no, it's absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think you're getting you're getting your central banks mixed up, which is not a hard thing yeah, to do, me. given so many are out this week. But uh, you know, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay, Scott. Um, yeah, look, I think uh, yeah, they go fifty. Um, but yeah, it would it really wouldn't surprise if they if they went seventy-five. But um, for me, given that UK growth is, is is on a deteriorating path and that real wages are so weak, I think. 50 is probably the path of least regret. Um, we've seen headline inflation look like it's stabilised, but we've also seen, um, obviously, the, the the trust government getting away a utility price cap, which yeah should reduce inflation by about 4% uh, in going into October and around 5% for January. And that uh, obviously, uh, energy is at the heart of uh, inflation in the US. Uh, in in the UK, so you know that that reduction means that they're probably inflation is going to come in under their forecast for Q4. So I think on on balance with those things in mind, um, I think if they were to raise by seventy five basis points, um, I think that would be bad. Uh, actually, have have more untold unforeseen consequences. So I think fifty is your path of least regret. But I mean, for for me, mm. you look at the UK right now. Um, you know they've got this 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 problems of. You know, a current account deficit, which needs to be funded, bond yields, which have been going up quite sharply, a weakening currency, deteriorating growth. It's not hard to see why, you know, while our clients are probably looking for a short-term bounce, as you talked about there, it's it's, it's not hard to see why uh, short sterling amongst, you know, strategists is the big consensus trade de jour at the moment. Yeah, and, and if we were to see the 75, that we would see a, a bounce. Do you see that as only a short-term bounce? I would be selling into it, yeah, absolutely, because yeah, I think that yeah. just that that compounds. I think what's happening with the pound is that people are trading relative growth dynamics, not actual relative rate dynamics, and therefore, if you raise seventy five, it's just going to, you know, you're probably going to it's going to whack real wages even higher. That's going to lower consumption. You're going to get that demand squeeze, and I think people will say, Do you know what, that's just perpetuating this the, the growth slowdown, and, and relative growth in the UK is going to be worse than other places. So therefore, you know, any bounce in in the pound will just be short lived. So what would I do tactically? I mean, leave it to the last minute or so, and then probably put, you know, a limit order to sell, uh, you know, seventy-five to, to hundred pips above the market. Mm-hmm. That seems a lot, but that's kind of the volatility we're seeing. If you have a look at implied vol in, in the pound in cable specifically, it's trading at the highest levels, yeah, really since two thousand and twenty. So people are expecting movement. Therefore, you know, I'll be looking for limit orders about hundred pips, which I, I don't think, given that volatility, is is out of the question. If they go seventy-five, mm-hmm. you know, I want to capture that move at extremes, extremes and, and look for a bit of a main reversion move as people look to sell into that move am i am i barking up the right tree there scott what do you think i love your thinking there mate i really do yeah yeah and staying nimble as ever and um yeah tra- I, I like that i really like that i think obviously the risk um, is that they go 50 and, and you don't get a fill but um that, that's the one well, yeah. the other one as well given that what we've got, we've got pricing in, in in the swiss franc and uh, we can talk about my my trade obviously sterling swiss looks quite an interesting one you've got two mm. central banks expected to to hike quite aggressively but market pricing in probably more than what the consensus from economists is there so when you got yourself two together what, do, what have you got scott you've got yourself a vol attack ready to go yeah, exactly. Movement, and that's what people want. You know, they want to get, they want to see the charts jumping up and down and get involved. Yeah. Um, <laughs> looking ahead in this uh, session, central banks aside, um, we've got Canadian CPI, PBOC setting the uh, loan prime rates, um, RBA minutes today. Anything of interest there for you? Well, Australia is an interesting. We could spend half half a day talking about 
um, what's going on in the housing market, the impact that's having on banks, offshore funds wanting to, um, you know, to short banks, and yeah, the the RBA obviously having this idea about how high they can raise rates without breaking something. I mean, we we're talking about central banks raising rates and potentially breaking something. I think that's really true in Australia. There's, there is a natural tipping point where it becomes really dark, and you know, I think that's going to really impact the uh, the the wealth effect. So, yeah, something mm-hmm. something to watch out for uh, in 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 that situation there. So. I think that the Canadian one could be quite an interesting one, Scott. I've got my eyes on that one. That could be quite influential. But uh, generally speaking, it's the uh, it's the smaller affair before, before these uh, big ones there. So in terms of markets to watch, I'm going Sterling Swiss, as I talked about there. Uh, I like selling rallies in the pair, um, uh, uh, you know, riding this trend lower. Um, but whether I get a fill is another thing. I think given that, that both central banks both expected to raise by quite a lot, but the market's been both cases pricing in more than the the sort of the consensus. Yeah, well, this could be a very volatile pair. What, what's the one that you got on your radar this week? Um, I'm looking at Tesla. It, it's one that's been more resilient certainly than I would have thought on, on recent um, uh, drops in equity indices and, and the NASDAQ in particular. Um, Elon Musk seems to have been on on best behavior of late. Um, so what's going on? Is is he, you know, um, sort of pessimist would would say that he's waiting for a, uh, another move up to sell more shares, or are we looking for a genuine break higher? Um, three twelve G level there, I think. Three twelve G yeah. level. I mean, it just looks really nice. I mean, if we get a break of three twelve, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even be worried about what's actually causing it. it doesn't really matter. The market's telling you that they doesn't like matter. the stock. They like the story. They like the backdrop. Whatever it is, it becomes a momentum trade. So yeah, three twelve G level break of that, then I'd be a be going through there. Anyway, I think that's that's a good wrap. I'm just going to leave it with the uh, with your fact of the day. Hit me, mate. Straightforward for you today. Your fingerprints. Are caused by your hands touching the walls of the womb when you're a fetus. Wow! So take a look at your fingers today and think about that. It's rarely a day that goes past without me looking at my fingers. So um, I will uh, I will use that one at the dinner table tonight. The kids will be going into school next week. Well, actually, they won't be going into school next week, but the week after, full of knowledge, and I like that one indeed. Anyway, good to wrap up. Anyone out there taking uh, in t- trading these markets this week in terms of central banks or just enjoying a bit of sport. Um, do so with risk firmly in mind. Never forget your position sizing. Always trade responsibly. Anyway, we'll see you back next week for more of Open Outcry. Thanks for having us on. Cheers, Chris. All the best. Cheers, mate.